we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning, USA! Yo, 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 Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet, it's Thursday! Yes, it's Thursday. Good morning. How you feeling? Man, I am blessed, black, and highly favored, man. I am happy to be here today, live from the Black Mothership, the Breakfast Club. That's right. Happy that everybody, uh, happy that everybody is... Listening to us this morning. Thank you. We yes. don't take it for granted. I appreciate you all. Absolutely. Good morning. Yes, indeed. Now the the weather here yesterday was was off and on with rain yesterday. So my son had his uh, baseball World Series. Shout out to everybody that uh, plays baseball or softball. I know the World Series or the playoffs are happening right now for you guys. So they won yesterday. Drop a bomb for for little Jackson. That's dope, man. It's good to see Dominicans carrying don't on shut tradition. Up, man, I knew no, you was gonna say real. shut up. What do you mean? That's good. You got to Dominican child. They I'm black. He's not Dominican, but okay. congratulations to their team. It was a, a great experience. So shout to them. Uh, they won three nothing yesterday. It rained, then they were gonna they were gonna cancel the game. Then it, the sun came out, then it rained again. But uh, they did finish that game and play it yesterday. So congratulations to them. Congratulations, man. Now on today's show, Terrence Crawford will be joining us. Terrence Crawford. I cannot wait to see Terrence Crawford and Earl Spence get busy on July 29th. That mm-hmm. is, that is. Let me see. 
Was that the fight of the decade? Yes. Absolutely. I would say that. Mm-hmm. By far. That's one that we've all been anticipating, all for been waiting for. Absolutely. Uh, I got Earl Spence. Mm-hmm. You know, I've told Terrence that before when he came a long time ago, before this fight, we even thought this fight was ever going to happen. That is true. You know? So. That is true. I got to stick by my guns, right? Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see if you stick by him with this interview. And also, the cast of Blackening will be joining us. Yes. Grace Byers will be here. Uh, Yvonne Perkins, Yvonne Orgy, Sinqua Walls. Jay Farrell. Jay Farrell and Antoinette Robinson. That's right. So we're going to be kicking him with them. And the Blackening is a, a horror slash comedy that uh, we'll be chopping it that, up with. That, that comes that, out this That right weekend. there sums up the black experience in America. Yeah. It is a horror slash comedy. That's right. <laughs> it really is. All right. We're going to be chopping it up with them in a little bit. All right, but let's get in some front page news. When we come back, Teslin Figaro will be joining us. So keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club on BET. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast oh, so We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. What was that? I don't know what that was. <laughs> Damn. Let's get in some front page news. Oh, bro. When you, when you got acid reflux at 6 o'clock in the morning for no reason. I'm drinking a sparkling water. That's why. Damn. <laughs> All right. Good morning, Tez. Good morning, DJ Envy and Charlemagne the God. Tezlin Figaro, what's happening? Now, let's talk about this plane crash where uh, four children were found alive after 40 days. Yes, unbelievable story. Uh, after 40 days in the Colombian rainforest, four children ages 13, 9, 4, and 1 who have been missing since the plane they were traveling in crashed on May 1st have been found alive. Uh, when rescuers reached the site of the plane's wreckage last month, the bodies of the three adults on board were found, but there was no sign of the four children known to have been on the plane. Now, as of now, it is unclear how they managed to survive for so wow. long in a thick jungle that is prone to heavy rain and contains jaguars. And yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, being the snakes. However, they did say that these are indigenous children, so their knowledge about the jungle helped them survive. That's God all That's day. Crazy. Drop on the clues bombs for God. God be God and yeah. Do we know the ages of those kids? 40 days and 40 nights. Do we know the What'd ages of those kids? Yeah, the ages were 13, 9, 4, and 1. 4 and 1? That's my that's yes. my that's my that's my family. Jesus Christ. Close to my family. I got 14, 7, 4, and 1. Could What's, you imagine a one year old? In the jungle, 40 days, eating well, everything that they have to eat, and that one-year-old doesn't talk, and the, and, and then you got to wipe the... Wow, that is... That, 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 that's God. That would be an amazing movie or an amazing TV show. Too bad there's nobody to write it, because all the writers... Yeah, that's true. All the, all the writers are still <laughs> I, on strike. You know, I pay attention to numbers a lot, and I just thought the 40 days, you know, again, talking about 40 days and 40 nights, and, you know, I, it's just... Mm-hmm. It's a lot significance to that. So it's really going to be interesting to see, um, you know, how this story continues to, I guess, unfold and we hear more about it. I did want to tell you a little bit about the plane crash, though, before we go to the next story. Mm-hmm. Uh, the pilot reported engine failure and declared an emergency uh, before the plane disappeared from the radar about 730 a.m. on May 1st. Uh, after the plane crashed and rescuers were on the scene, they used a recording of the children's grandmother uh, telling the children to stay in place and that people were looking for them. So I thought that was really interesting. Wow. Yeah, for, uh, you should give him some more insight on the 40 days, 40 nights, Ted. What do you say? Uh, yeah. Jesus' resurrection was, was 40 days, was it? No. No, there was 40 days between Jesus' resurrection and ascension? Yeah, at 40 days, 40 is a, is a deep number in general. Like, it's a lot of stuff you can talk about with 40 days and mm-hmm. 40 nights. But 40 is a very um, significant number, you know, in the Bible. If you want to look it up, go look up numerology and look up the number 40. Mm-hmm. And uh, one last question. Was that a, a, a big plane, like a 747? Was that like a small 
engine. No, plane. it was a little small, a small, small little engine plane. Yeah, they were going from, um, uh, you know, these were indigenous people. So they were going from, I guess, I don't want to say tribe because I don't want to mis- misquote it, but uh-huh. just going from one area to the other. They were Amazon uh, from the Amazon. So wow. apparently these children knew how to find seeds and, you know, different types of food. And the 13 year old, I believe they said, cut up some of the clothing to wrap the one year old. I mean, just got really wow. creative. Wow. I'm, gonna have, I'm, gonna, oh, wow. I'm gonna have to tell Chat GPT to write that movie, man. Wow. Yeah, and it, and then one other thing I thought was so interesting. They left. Uh, the kids were leave, uh, or the thirteen year old left uh, little trinkets uh, where they would, you know, go throughout to be found. So they would leave like scissors or a baby bottle Jesus. or you know, of kind of leaving a track in order to to find uh, like Hansel and Gretel. Yes. Yes. Damn. This is a deep story. Wow. Yeah. Now let's talk about the uh, Southern Baptist vote to ban women pastors. Yeah, Southern Baptists uh, will have the opportunity to vote on a measure that would enshrine a ban on women pastors within the denomination. Uh, The amendment would require that no women at the church uh, hold the title as pastor. A less binding agreement uh, was already in in existence for a very long time, but the office of pastor is limited to men as qualified by scripture, but this vote would make it official. So um, that's always been something that uh, the Southern Baptist uh, church has believed in, that women cannot uh, hold pastoral roles or minister roles but mm-hmm. people have done it throughout the years uh, but now they're they're deciding to you know decide you know if they should make it official or not what kind of terrible sermon did a woman give that made them say you know what no more women can give <laughs> no more women can give sermons here anymore lord have mercy yeah. they need to turn pastor sarah jake roberts on i bet you they won't want to ban women pastors after they hear her or, i tell you that yeah that's a lot of reason why uh, the church went to non-denominational, uh, like uh, Pastor Sarah uh, uh, Jakes. Um, a lot of the churches that you still feel that Baptist feel, you know, in the church, mm-hmm. but decided to go non-denominational so that women can have uh, roles, you know, within the church and be called to be uh, ministers. So that's just good old-fashioned uh, misogyny, or is that just the way the church is well, built? Well, it's good old-fashioned misogyny coming from 1 Timothy uh, Mm -hmm. 2.12 that says, I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Mm. Uh, Rather, she is to remain quiet, for Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Does that count for mamas and sons, too? What the (laughs) hell? Jesus. What logic is that? Mm. Well... It is. That's that's why the uh, the the Bible, the studies of the Bible, people can take comparative religion to see, you know, uh, the context behind it. That's been a debate for a very long time in the Baptist Church. I remember that growing up as a, as a little girl, where women, you know, really wanted to be in the in the ministry, and and they just could not. So, mm-hmm. all right. Mm-hmm. Well, that is front page news. Thank you, Tez. We'll see you in a couple of minutes. Absolutely. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. Phone lines are wide open. It's The Breakfast Club on BET. The Breakfast Club. Ray, Ray, Ray. Yo, Charlemagne. Envy, what up? Are we live? This is your time to get it off your chest. I got an indoor pool, an outdoor pool. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. We can get on the phone right now here and tell you what it is. We live? Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Shay. Hey, Shay. Good morning. Get it off your chest, mama. Hey, I just wanted to um, elaborate on that. The, the kids, the four kids, it yep. was the 40 days. That was just so, I'm in here within tears. <laughs> I read about the article, but when I heard you guys this morning, it was like, oh my God. That was nothing but God. That was all God. But God. All God, that everything. But God. Shay, you have kids? Because I had four kids. Yes, I was just about to say, I had four kids myself close to those ages. I had two toddlers. 
one and two, and I couldn't imagine my oldest trying to look after them and make sure they eat the right thing, make sure they don't touch and put the wrong things in their mouth. Yes. And let alone change a diaper. Oh that, my that's God. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We, Four we, kids. We, we didn't. We didn't. Re- even though we do uh, lean on the older kid a lot, I got a 14 year old. Even though we do lean on her. Like, I couldn't imagine that type of person. Not 40 days. Right, for that many days, no. though. But you got to find shelter. You got to right. change pampers and, and all that. Oh, my God. Well, there is no pampers. And trying to gotta, look out for yourself Jesus. at the same time. Yes. And it says wild, it was wild animals and jaguars and stuff like that. You it's know what I was snakes. thinking? Yeah. I was thinking, too, though, you know, uh, we are one with the world, right? We are one with nature. I wonder if, you know, those That's 40 true. days and 40 nights, I wonder if they felt... You know, more 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 at peace there than they would, you know, in regular society. Hey, I don't know. We, that, that's something, man. Especially being that they're indigenous people. We're all indigenous people. We're yeah. indigenous to the land. You know, I'm what just mean? I'm just thinking like if it thunders too loud, my kids are scared. So can you imagine? Why? What? Jesus Christ! It was they not but died. you know, when they are from their area, so you you know, so of course they are used to. They're it. used to a lot of things that our kids are not even. Right. Can't even stand And by the way, but that you, was nothing but God. I'm so glad that they they came out on top and nothing was wrong. And we might be projecting on them kids. We don't know what kind of covering God had over them. They might have felt a different. They might have felt that peace. Yeah. For all we know. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. God might have just been giving them direction the whole time. You see, the little boy was or the little girl. I don't know if a boy or girl was leaving trails, yeah, trails for to be yeah, found. Like absolutely. we don't know. We don't know what God was t- telling them kids in those forty days. Hello, who's this? Um. And what up? Get it off your chest. Hey man, I, I, I'm just saying I'm best black and highly favored. Yes, sir. And I want to say, uh, you know, I'm typical, mediocre, average, and in the form of are, bigotry. Are you stuck in? Are you stuck in the, uh, the what is it? The low expectations of bigotry. <laughs> yes, sir. Average to be typical, mediocre, bigotry TSA worker. <laughs> well, we appreciate all the TSA workers, man. We definitely do. We definitely appreciate. Yeah, y'all. man. I just want to tell you guys, please. Do not be mad at us when we take your bottles of water away. Don't bring it on board. <laughs> yeah, I hate I hate it myself. I'll be behind somebody. They got a bottle of water in their bag. Like, come on. You never flew before. You know you can't have a, a yeah, bottle of water. Sometimes you forget. Man, they be taking this on us, man. I want to pick up all the TSA workers across the world, man. Absolutely. Have a good one, brother. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest. Keep calling. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hello, man. This is Beto. Hey, what up, Beto? Get it off your chest. Hey, man. I just wanted to call because we're heading to the Houston Car Show. Oh, really? Where you, where you coming from? Uh, we're coming from Lincoln, Nebraska, and it's uh, me and my wife and my three kids. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's like, what, a 20-hour drive? Uh, yeah, it's roughly like 15, but we have a baby, so it's going to take us a little longer. Jesus. Okay, well, I can't wait to see you. My car show goes down this Sunday, Father's Day weekend. And, um, yeah, come on out. It's going to be old cars, new cars. We're going to have some cars from Dolph. We're going to have cars from 50, myself, uh, Trey, Bun B, and a host of others. It's going to be a lot of fun. Kids five and under are free. There's going to be amusement rides and games for the kids. It's going to be a big family fun day. I, um, And you got everything straight? You got your tickets and everything? No, I haven't got the tickets. Um, I was going to get them when I get down there just because I am scared because, like I said, we're trying with the baby. So I'm like, I don't know. We're going to have to stop a little bit more. But mm-hmm. we're going to try to make it there on time. Um, Bro, it's we Sunday. On time. It's Sunday. You, it, you And today's Thursday. You got enough time to get there. Just take your time. Awesome. Then we'll still be there. All right. Well, you know what? You hold but, on. Hey, I, got some, I, want, I got some tickets for you since you're driving that far. 
Awesome, man. I appreciate it. I, I do want to say something, though, real quick. Go ahead, brother. I do want to say Charlamagne is just mad at you because he can't reach the hair product. He's too short, but he's always, like, clowning on you. But he just hate on you, DJ. First of all, <laughs> first of all, first of all, I can go, I can go, I can go buy paint from any hardware store. Girl, stop okay, it. I do not have to hate on DJ Envy's <laughs> hair products. I can go get black paint from any hair, hair he's a hater. hardware store and slather it all over my he, face. He's, he's a hater. Well, thank you, V. I appreciate yeah, you, brother. Know, and I see you at the car show. Hold yeah. on, all right? I'm gonna get all your information. All right, all right thank you, man. All right, bro. Gina, good morning. Get it off your chest. Good morning. I just wanted to chime in on the whole female minister uh, that y'all was talking about. I am currently an ordained minister and I'm a military chaplain. And I think it's ridiculous that people are still holding on to old, outdated beliefs that aren't helping progress the church at all. Like, the more they refuse and the more they fight against women being pastors, the more people are not going to want to continue into organized religion. They're going to continue to do what they're doing now. And it's not going to help, especially if they're trying to build a church when they're also hindering it at the same time. I wonder, do we still need organized religion? Because I, 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 I like, I think that more people are, are spiritual more than uh, religious nowadays. And I think that if we, have, if we have places of worship where we just choose to gather and hear a good word mm -hmm. it don't have to be under the guise of organized religion like I love Bishop T.D. Jakes I love Sarah Jake Roberts I love tuning into the Potter House you know what I mean but I don't consider myself mm -hmm. you know a, a, a part of any organized religion and I think yeah organized religion for some is what they prefer because of the structure and some, some people just like that but then on the other hand for like a lot of the newer generation that's coming around yeah, structuralized religion is not the best option because that's just not for that generation. Now, my grandmother's generation, structuralized religion is something that's right up her alley. That's it's right, a, right. a way. It's, you know, it was a, it was a lifestyle growing up. But as, you know, my age, my generation and thereafter, they're more free. They're more free will. They're more vocal. You know, they're not afraid to stand up and say, no, this isn't right. And some people just aren't willing to understand that and willing to understand that yeah women can preach and pastor and some can do it better than men right. it's just but it's okay there's nothing wrong with it 100 percent. and you know what else is crazy too man like the older you get you just start to see so many contradictions in the bible right you know what i mean and there's just so many things in the bible that just don't naturally agree with with your spirit mm -hmm. it's like you just can read it and be like that's not right yeah. you know well, get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up. When we come back, Boosie, well, he had to go to court in San Diego for that gun charge. Um, But he got arrested. We'll tell you all about it when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. All right. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Boosie Badass. Rumor has it. Rumor, rumor has it. Call out a name or you gossiping or you chatty uh, patty. I'm gossiping. This is the rumor report. I mean, I guess we on the Breakfast Club. This is where the tea spills, right? Yes. Right. On the Breakfast Club. Now, Boosie was in San Diego. He had a court case uh, about a gun charge he got back in May. Well, as he was there, the state wound up dropping the charges. The case was dismissed. But when he walked outside, they said federal agents uh, arrested him right as he walked out of the court. Yikes. Now, they're not saying why. Uh, they're not giving any information at all. They just know he was picked up yesterday and Boosie left a message on his uh, social media. He said, I want to take this time to apologize to my kids. I'm sorry. And I love y'all forever. 
Yeah, I don't know what Boosie did, but I know uh, when the feds grab you for whatever reason, it's not a good thing, ever. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, somebody in the feds wants to test Boosie and see if he snitches. Mm. Like, I feel like someone in the feds has been watching his Vlad TV interviews, watching him on social media, and now they're going to test him to see if they can break him. Mm-hmm. They didn't give him no bond, right? No, nah, no bond as yet. We haven't really heard much information as yet. So What's the charge? Nobody knows. They haven't said anything. Did the state drop the gun charge and then the feds pick the gun charge up? I don't like I'm They're not saying anything. They're just saying the state dropped the gun charge. The mm-hmm. charges were dismissed. And, and he was just walking out and the and, feds picked him up? And the feds picked him up. They're not saying what it was for. Interesting. Mm-hmm. No line. No, no information online. Now, Gunna announces uh, his first project since jail. It's called A Gift and a Curse, and it's coming out this Friday, June 16th. What is it, an album, a song? An album, full album. He just going to drop on a Friday? Just drop on a Friday. And, and Gunna, I think you need a rollout. Yeah, Gunna needs, like, I think Gunna need a little rollout, rollout. Like, Gunna need to sit down and have a at least a conversation with somebody. Maybe. Or, I mean, they're saying that his uh, the last single was doing pretty good, so... Maybe it's just put it out and see what the fans like. Um, you ever yeah, roll out because it gives too, you know it gives people too much time to say you snitch, you did this, you did that. But well, you know, just the, put it out and let the music talk for itself. Well, the reality is, most of the people online saying uh, that he's a, a snitch, they're not even in the streets, no way. So they're gonna listen Facts. to the music just to listen to the music. Facts, you know. But I, that's why I still think he needs to have a proper rollout as an artist. Mm. We was just having this conversation about how what is the Billboard said hip hop, no hip hop album, no hip hop single. Yep, is number one has been number one this year. Mm-hmm. It's because of stuff like this. Like, what is Gunna just dropping an album tomorrow for? I think he's testing the water to see if people are effing with him or not. And I think he just wants to speak through his music. He doesn't want to do interviews, I'm sure. So he's just probably, you know, doing his interviews and saying what he has to say through his music. Man, artists need to get back to doing they traditional do. But I understand why, why they did this with Gunna. I don't. Like, mm-hmm. he need, he definitely needs a rollout. He definitely needs a conversation not gonna talk. with He's somebody. not going to speak. That's not what the internet says. The internet says that's all he's been doing is yo, talking. Yo, that's why he's up. in the yo, yo, shut predicament he's in now. Yo, shut up. What are you talking about? Are you not paying attention? He's not going to do an interview. Oh, okay. That's what I mean. Okay, say he already did an interview. That's it. I'm not. Okay. Mm-mm. Now, uh, Sukihana NYK Osiris. Well, it seems like yesterday she uh, deactivated her Twitter. This is after posting, I am hurt and I am scared to stand up for myself. She says, I drink to hide that. I'm very in, I'm very sensitive. I feel things more than the average person. I stopped drinking yesterday, but today I've been crying all day. I ask God to strengthen me and use me to help others and to order to uh, steps in his words. I'm sorry. And then she says, I just want to go away for a while. Now, this comes after YK Osiris was uh, forcefully trying to kiss her. Mm. All right. Well, he apologized yesterday. He left a statement and said, I want to publicly offer my sincerest apology to Sukihana. In an attempt to be playful, I misread the moment and violated Sukihana's boundaries. I understand the importance of consent and I am embarrassed by my behavior. I take full responsibility and have, have made multiple attempts to apologize. I have the utmost admiration for Sukihana and was never my intention to disrespect her. I wonder why why Kale Cyrus doesn't know any better. Like, I understand he's 24 years old and I know we didn't know any better when we was that age because we was raised wrong and we thought we was in the nothing but a G thing video every day. But there's right. absolutely no reason for a man in 2023, I would think, to be making those kind of mistakes. That's why I, I threw the, uh, the what if scenario out there yesterday right. that maybe they know each other and Correct. have a relationship because I'm like, there's no possible way someone would do that to a woman they don't have some history with. But clearly, my hypothetical wasn't accurate. So, yeah, it was off. Yeah, so we're going to need uh, YK Osiris to come to the front of the congregation this morning. Yeah. You got to have a word with the young man. Yeah, a longer clip was released yesterday with them uh, going back and forth. But, you know, if Sukiyana says no, it's no. Yes, period. Regardless, it doesn't matter how much we're period. flirting, how much we're going back and forth. If she says no, it's it's no. Now, Meek Mill jumped in and said, uh, don't do this to him, please. He a good kid. Just slap him up 
and he got to let you, uh, I guess, have something. We don't need our young boys tore down for mistaking this hypersexual era. I support Sookie. Hold that ish down on some street ish. I understand what Meek's saying, but you still got to, uh, you know, you gotta still got to show the young man the error in his ways. Correct. You know what I mean? Correct. I think that's all people are trying to do. Like, they're just trying to show him the error in his ways because they don't want this to happen to Sukiyana or anybody else. Or him to do it again or think he can get away with it. So, he has to fry. Uh, not fry. Not meaning. fry. God no. damn, maybe. What do I mean? What the hell? When I, you when I mean fry, fry we that's need, what Mika's saying. He's, no, and I, and when I don't Jesus mean fry, Christ. like cancel him, but we need to have these conversations. He, he cannot just walk away without yes, having a conversation. Yes, you got to be and able to. And, right. and he did the honorable thing. He did say he apologized. He did it early. He did it fast. But we still need to have these conversations to make sure women are protected and people don't go through this again. You That's know, what I meant by fraud. You know, it's so interesting, though, back in the day, right, when um, we were that age and, like, you know, we had all of these images, whether it was, like I said, the, the nothing but a G thing videos mm-hmm. or the the, 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 the freak niche, whatever it was that we used to see that used to, uh, you know, pu- push this kind of behavior. We had OGs around us telling us it was wrong, too. Yeah. We just weren't listening. When the, when the C. Dolores Tuckers and everybody was out here saying, like, yo, that behavior is not right, that behavior is wrong, you know, we were telling them, shut the F up. That's true. You know? So now we are those uh, older people telling this generation that's not how you're supposed to. See, move but the around. only difference is, you know, YK Osiris. He's a good. He's a good kid, right? I, I've sat with him before. I've spoke to him before. I've been in clubs with him before. I've only kid. interviewed him, so I don't know. And uh, the young man made a horrible mistake. But like you said, back in in the earlier days, there was no social media. So if you did make a mistake, the mistake was made. You were your hand was popped. You had that conversation. You were able to have some type of empathy. There is no empathy now because it also, keeps going around and around and around and around. You know. Yeah, but we also had a, a lot of uh, music videos that were teaching us that in a Appropriate behavior, and you know we didn't know. True, it wasn't. We, we didn't know it was inappropriate. That's right. Then. We just thought it was normal. Right. You know. Yeah, but with that phone, there, there is no making a mistake anymore. Not even that phone with all the information Social that we've media. had over the years. That's true. Like he's, he, you should know better. You should. You should know. But, but not you should know better, like regardless. That. No matter what what video is on, your parents teach you a certain way. You shouldn't be trying to look at a, a Snoop Dogg video or a Big Pimpin video Come to on. realize it's true. But we did emulate that kind of stuff. Come on. Stop Some it. people did. I never did. I never, I never slapped a, a chick on the ass, a freak nick, or any of those things. I never did because my parents raised me a certain way, no, mm-hmm. regardless of what I seen on video or what I seen on certain things. So why you always molesting me in here? Hmm? Why you always trying to slap, smack my ass? Hmm? Why you always trying to hug me from the back? Hmm? Why do I have to have a don't play gay bill in this studio? Why do I have to set boundaries with you then? Hmm? You never said no. Hmm? Wow, <laughs> wow, I have. No, you Numerous have not. Times. No, you have not. Red, red, cap. Wow. Wow. I'm all alone. Wow. See? Wow. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. I really think I'm Charlotte with the good bunky. (laughs) Charlotte with the good bunky. That's what y'all think, huh? All right. When we come back, we got front page news. Teslin Figaro is joining us. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy. At special sneak previews across the country, audiences are discovering The Flash. Tonight, see why people are calling it absolutely sensational. The Flash, tonight, only in theaters. Rated PG-13, maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Tesman Figueroa's back with us. Good morning, Tess. Absolutely. Good morning, DJ Envy, Charlemagne. Peace, Tess. Now let's talk about these drunk drivers having to pay child support. I think I like this. 
I think you'll like this one. Uh, people convicted of intoxication manslaughter in Texas will now have to pay money to support the victim's children. Assigned into law by Governor Greg Abbott on June 2nd, the person convicted will essentially pay child support in the form of monthly payments to fulfill the financial needs and resources of all of the surviving children until they turn 18 and graduate from high school. A version of the law was first introduced in Missouri after a woman lost her 30-year-old son to a junk driving incident and was left to care for his two children. Uh, payments will begin a year after the person is convicted uh, in their release from prison. And this particular law goes into effect September 1st, 2023. I like this. Yeah, I, mean, I love it. I mean, the fact that a, a drunk driver takes away a parent, a mother, a father, and now that, that child has to fend for himself. Yeah, they should have to pay child support, make sure that child is good, that family's good until they're 18. I'm not, I'm not mad at that. Yeah, I love it. If prison not scaring people, then uh, hitting them in the pockets. Well, the only thing I would say about this is if, what about the people who don't have anything to lose, the people who mm. don't have any money? You know what I mean? The people who don't care. They're drinking because, you know, they already hit rock bottom. Right. You know? What about them? Yeah, I mean they, they still gotta they still gotta pay somehow. I mean they still should have to go to jail, but when whatever they make, they should go to that 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 family. Yeah, well Texas has uh, some of the harshest uh, drunk driving laws in the country. Uh, so if that's not deterring them, this is just one more additional thing. You know, to your point, you know Charlemagne, somebody's having a problem. You know, they're just having a problem. But uh, Texas just want to point that out. They do have some of the most harshest penalties uh, in the country. So uh, they wanted to add this on to it as well. Yeah, we got to do something to slow down drunk drivers. I'm hearing more and more and more cases of people crashing, people getting DUI. So it's getting which which makes no sense in 2023 when we are in the ride share era. Correct. Like how many uh, highways and dieways, choices, yours, commercials do we have to see? Mm -hmm. I'm with you. Now let's talk about AI. They're saying AI can help improve breast cancer risk predictions. Yeah, a new study is showing yet another way that artificial intelligence is entering the medical field and potentially improving existing practices for predicting breast cancer risk. Uh, the study found that AI algorithms outperform the standard clinical risk model for predicting the five-year risk of breast cancer by providing the ability to extract hundreds of thousands of additional mammographic features. While some institutions are already using AI to help detect cancer on mammograms, these findings suggest AI can be a vital tool in helping a a patient's future risk score, which takes seconds for AI to generate. Uh, they said that this tool will be able to help personalize precision medicine on a national level, which is currently not available. So I wanted to pull this story because I know how you guys feel about AI. I know we talked before about, you know, what can it do in the medical field and wanted to see, you know, what are your thoughts uh, on this? I have no problem uh, with, with, with AI if it can improve you know, uh, me medical situations. I mean, I've had conversations with people before and they say that's the only benefit they actually see the AI, the things that it'll probably be able to do in regards to uh, science and medicine. Yeah, I'm, I'm with it. I'm, I don't have a problem with AI when it when it saves lives, when it when it helps uh, the world. Something like this, if it can improve breast cancer, risk predictions, things like that, I don't have a problem with AI. It's mm -hmm. just when, when they use other people's voices, other people's thoughts, when it takes jobs away from people that we can't do, that's when I, I have the problem, an issue. Mm -hmm. And again, there's pros and cons to it. You know, I've, I've looked at a lot of stories where, you know, AI is not getting it right in the medical field. I think we talked about it once before, you know, we're trying to replace, you know, doctors are giving advice right. or, you know, those types of things. Mental health, you know, talking to an AI computer and, you know, how yep. how is yep. that, you know, making sure they give the right advice. So uh, it's a slippery slope, uh, you know, again, pros and cons and just continue to see how this AI continues to develop and doing your research. Yeah, I mean, I guess time will have to tell because, I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah. fairly new. You know, people say things like, you know, AI will help, 
you know, to make the healthcare system more efficient and mm-hmm. less expensive. But we'll see. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, that is front page news. Thank you, Tez. Oh, can I give a quick shout out? Of course. Uh, yesterday, yesterday, I went uh, and talked to our comment caucus, is what I like to call them, on YouTube. And so uh, it was great. Uh, we had over maybe almost 1,500 people that joined me on the Breakfast Club YouTube channel. And we talked about the news and, you know, went back and forth. We had a really good time. Okay. Word. And make sure you subscribe to Tesla Figueroa's podcast, the Straight Shot No Chaser podcast on the Black Effect iHeartRadio podcast network. All right. Now, when we come back, Terrence Crawford will be joining us. Of course, boxer. He's fighting Errol Spence Jr. July 29th on Showtime. And we're going to kick it with him next. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club on BET. The Breakfast Club. Fight goes down July 29th. Yes. You think this is going to be your, your toughest fight? I don't know. A lot of people ask me that every time I fight. Mm-hmm. I don't know until I get in the ring with them. How do you prepare for this fight? Do you prepare the same way, or is there any different preparation for this one than any other other fight that you've had? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Just keep doing what I've been doing, and everything else will play itself out. You got to make some adjustments, though. This is this is Earl Spence we talking about. This is this ain't no just. This is the guy that you had picked over. I did. Me, I did. He I picked, got, he picked yeah, him I over. Did, I, I remember. I, I remember. Remember. I, got, I remember. <laughs> yeah. remember. I, I don't. I don't forget. I got Earl. Yeah. I do got Earl. Yeah. Not because you're not great. I just think you know styles make fights. I think I think Definitely. Earl got it. Definitely. You feel pressure going into this fight? Not at all. Not at all. This is my moment. Mm-hmm. This is my time. This is what I've been waiting for, and the world gonna see July 29th. I always talk about you know nowadays it feels like everybody wants to be undefeated, right? Does that put more <clears throat> pressure on you? Because I, I think Floyd kind of did it with his 50 and 0. But back then, you, you lose a fight, it was fine. You, you, all right, well, I'll see you in a rematch. And it was okay. It wasn't cool. But now it seems like when you lose a fight now, everybody's like, oh, it's washed. It's over. I don't think... I never felt any pressure. I put my O on the line numerous of times with whoever they put in front of me. I called out the best fighters in each division that i ever been in. Floyd have made it kind of hard for people to take a loss and keep going because so many people want to be like Floyd and so many people was attracted to Floyd and follow Floyd career and they felt as if you wasn't like Floyd then you wasn't that that guy you know but people lose people come back Mm -hmm. styles make fights like he said Mm -hmm. and things happen I never thought that a loss can define a fighter in any way shape or form yeah, because, I mean, Floyd's one of the best to ever do it, but why just look at Floyd? Why people don't look at Ali, uh, you know, Lennox Lewis, all of these great Sugar fighters Ray, yep. who have lost, Sugar Ray Lennon, like Tommy Hearns, they've all lost. Because times has changed. Mm-hmm. You know, social media have t- taken over. So when Tommy Hearns and Ali and all those great fighters that came before us, they didn't have to deal with the politics. They didn't have to deal with social media slandering them and... Mm-hmm doing this and doing that to impress people so right. it's kind of different you feel like you know you don't get the respect that you deserve when it comes to a lot of these fights like even with you know Charlemagne saying he thinks Errol's gonna beat you like do you feel like you're the like underdog you in a lot of this it's just boxing like, mm-hmm. like it's just boxing at the end of the day don't back down like, now I'm not mm-hmm. I got Earl you gonna lose <laughs> <laughs> definitely you definitely gonna lose but do you feel like you don't get the respect that you deserve always always why is that but how how great I am I look at all the great fighters that came before me. None of them got their respect until, A, they lost or they retired. Mm. Nobody gave Floyd his respect until he retired. 
then they realized how great he was. A lot of people didn't give Ali his respect. A lot of people didn't give Roy Jones his respect until they lost or they retired. Why, why the loss part? I don't know, because I guess when one has lost or took in defeat to another great fighter, they feel as if this fighter is not invincible. Mm. So they can feel as if he's on a level now. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, we brought him down mm-hmm. to earth. Now we can laugh at him. Mm-hmm. Now we can praise him for all the good things that he done. Oh, I get what you're saying. Yeah. Earl, Earl said your record was inflated. What, what, what is that word, inflated? Yeah. Well, listen, he can say all those type of things, but when you look at who I fought mm-hmm. and who he fought and you look at what I done to him, you know, it's no comparison. Did uh, Udis, I, I think I pronounced his name right, did he beat you in the amateurs? Your, 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 your Guinness Udis? Ugas, yeah, Udis. yeah, he be, he beat me in the amateurs. And then Earl stopped him in the, the 10th round when, when they fought. So Ugas said there's no way you can beat Earl if Earl fights you the way he fought him. So does it matter if he beat someone who defeated you? Never. Listen, you talking about a fight that happened when I was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was a little kid. I was a little boy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that same little boy is no way shape, form, fashion, the same little boy, you know what I mean, the grown man that I am today. Mm-hmm. When I fought Ugas, I probably had like 40 fights. Ugas probably had hundreds. Mm. Coming from Cuba and, you know, they fighting all the national, t- I mean, international tournaments, national tournaments, all that, you know. Uh, so he had more experience at the time. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't base him beating me at 18 on... A professional fight mm-hmm. we don't have no headgear on we fighting with smaller gloves we fighting longer rounds longer minutes in the rounds mm-hmm. so it's a lot of things that goes into fighting an amateur fight and fighting a professional fight so a lot of people say oh well you lost to Ugis and this and that well a lot of people lost to a lot of people in the amateurs and look what happened in a professional mm-hmm. ranking a lot of people can say oh well Terrence you lost to this guy you lost to that guy okay well all the guys that I lost to in the amateurs compare their career and professional to my career that's you know? real so what, what did you learn from those losses that you were able to take in your professional career that kept you has kept you undefeated well a, a lot of things I learned how to to cope with certain styles I learned how to capitalize on the things that I was doing wrong so you just go back to the drawing board and fix the problem that that you had that led you to get the loss mm-hmm. you gotta learn from it and I felt like I learned from all my losses I got stronger I got wiser I got more experience that led me to be the person that I am today in the professional ranking did you watch this fight, the fight between Spence and Ugas? Uh, of course. And what did you think about it? It was a good fight. Mm-hmm. Errol did good. Ugas did good. And uh, it was a good fight. Mm-hmm. Now, that fight was what, 2021? I thought it was last year. Was it? Spence and Ugas. Maybe it was 21. 21. Now, he hasn't fought in, in over a year. So do you, does that give you the advantage or disadvantage? What, what, what's your thoughts on that? I don't even look at that like that. You know, um, he came off a longer layoff prior to that. Been in a car accident and mm-hmm. he came back. And he looked strong. He looked good. So I'm not banking on him not being in the ring for him to come rusty or anything. He's a professional. Mm-hmm. He know how to fight. So come fight night, he'll be ready just like I will. Mm-hmm. All right, when we come back, we got more with Terrence Crawford. His fight 
where Errol Spence goes down July 29th on Showtime. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with boxer Terrence Crawford. He's fighting Errol Spence July 29th on Showtime. Charlemagne? Is it better to be an independent promoter or to be assigned to one of these, these companies? Well, in my situation, it's better for me to be independent. Mm-hmm. I get to control my own destiny. I get to control my own faith. And uh, the rest is uphill for me now. I, I don't understand why the, the promoters don't want to make the best fights. Like, this is the this is the fight we all want to see. This is the fight that's going to make the money. So what kept them from just making this fight? Well, politics. You got you got two sides <clears throat> that that's powerhouses. Mm-hmm. And you... And you Neither side want to give in to the other side. Business-wise, it's, it's better for me to do business in-house than outsource mm-hmm. and have to share. It's kind of like a greed thing. And how draining is is it doing all these interviews and press things when you got a fight coming up and you got to train? How draining is that? Because you got to fly and, and go here. And I, and I even know Errol was, was supposed to come up here this morning, but you know his flight was delayed. How draining is that physically and mentally for you? Well, it's part of the, it's part of the game. Long as I get to get up early, I gotta get up earlier. Mm-hmm. Work out, come here, do this, do my other interviews, and hit the road. Get back to training. Mm-hmm. Training never stops. We just gotta alter it a little bit. Do you have a rematch clause in the contract? Yeah. Are you, I mean, are you gonna exercise it? Who? You- no. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't no need. Ain't no need. He try to be slick. <laughs> <laughs> he thought he had one. But now nah, I know. I, I feel like this is gonna be one of those moments in time where y'all do fight more than once. I don't know if it's gonna be a trilogy, but definitely at least twice. I think so. Could be. Never know. Maybe some dramatic happened in the first fight where he mm-hmm. don't. He don't want no rematch. If, if that happens, let's say you win decisively, right? Let's say it happens. Would you retire? I don't know. I don't think. There's a need for me to retire right now when I want to fight Jamel Charlo. Yeah, yeah. Why you say? Wait, why would you say retire? You- I mean, because this is the fight. Like you know, this is the fight. This is the fight that if whoever wins, this is probably going to end up being the number one pound for pound in the sport. I would think, right? Probably. Yeah. It will be. Will be. Yeah. It will be. Like you want Charlo, so I guess that makes sense. Have you seen the uh, the, the fight over the weekend with Mayweather and Gotti? What, what was your thoughts on that fight? I didn't actually see the whole fight, but I seen highlights of the fight and the incident. It was crazy. You you look at Mayweather and be like, damn, at his age, he still got it. Oh, definitely. He's still moving and definitely. sliding. And even when he was being attacked in that ring, he still kept his composure and still socked on me. Man, that, that right hand made Gotti change the subject. <laughs> <laughs> he was looking for somebody to step in the middle. But it's cool, though, man. It's all for entertainment. And I don't know what led that incident yeah, that yeah, happened, yeah. but, you know, it happened and mm-hmm. so over now. Do you, do you seek advice from, from guys like Mayweather? Because, you know, he's he was an independent promoter and do you talk to him or just about that and boxing and other things? Uh, no, nah, when me and Mayweather talk, it's more like how you doing, how the family, how everything going, mm-hmm. how you feeling, good, stay focused, stuff like that. You know, I look up to Mayweather. He's been one of my favorite fighters mm-hmm. since I can remember him and Roy Jones Jr., yeah, like I admire his work ethic and everything that he's done in the sport. What boxer gives you the best advice? What boxer give me the best advice? For uh, just, as in, far just as, in general, box man, a lot of boxers. You know, I can say my coach, I can say my brothers, say my friends. I take a lot from you know a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, because you can learn something from everybody, mm-hmm. not just people that you think is on a higher platform or on a bigger stage than you. If if I can 
seek advice from anybody. I'll take it. Always wonder when, when fighters get in the ring, do they do they take uh, past fights with them? Or do you just, whatever happened in the old fights, you just leave them there? Like, is every fight a new thing? For me, yeah. Every fight is a new new thing. And that's how I try to go in training camp with mm -hmm. a clear head. My coaches, they train me to the best of my ability and make sure that if we had any mishaps or mess-ups in a previous fight, that we capitalize on that and we fix the problem. That's pretty much how we go into camp. always wanted to know when, when, when a boxer picks a fight, right? You know, any any good boxers, they're going to analyze your tape, analyze every fight that you do and watch you, you know, because we all have, you know, we're a habit, right? You have a habit of doing certain things. Do you? How much do you change to make sure that they don't study that habit? Well, my thing is I'm so versatile and elusive that I can capitalize on anything my opponent's ever done in the ring. And I think that's why I rate myself so high, higher than other fighters. Mm -hmm. Because you can fix one problem, but the more the fight goes, I'm experienced enough to recognize another problem. I think that's why I rate myself high as I do. Who is your toughest opponent that, the opponent that you've had so far? That dude from Lithuania. I, I can't pronounce his name, though. Kavalaskis, whatever. Yeah. yeah. The one they say, the one they say might have knocked you yeah. down. I don't yeah. know if he was a Igus. slip. Igus. Yeah. I would say the hardest fight in my career it would have to be between Igus and and Gamboa. Wow. Mm. Gamboa's feet was just so fast, mm. and he was and he was so small to where he was darting in and darting out, and he was hitting me and making me miss just just by an inch. It was kind of like I had to. I had to make certain adjustments and he was making adjustments and I was making adjustments and it was just like it was a chess match but it was a fast chess match and he was getting better at me because he was more experienced but at the same time he was more explosive so um, I just had to you know figure figure out the puzzle a little longer what stops you from being frustrated in that ring because most people you know watching that fight would probably been frustrated and probably would have you know left the hand down left the chin available so what, what makes you not get frustrated and calm down and relax you because you see it all the time when you look at boxes in the ring they're not listening to the coach you could tell that their mind is on something else yeah, your demeanor never changes it never changes at all just like right now in this interview it don't change <laughs> <laughs> it don't change no it's just you know I think like I said the experience I've seen it all I've been in the ring with it all I know what to do and I know what I have to do so when I get in those tough moments and those tough times and those tough rounds I know, keep doing what you're doing, it all playing out. Mm -hmm. You know, you just got to stay true to yourself. Fight your fight. If one thing ain't working, you got to resort to something else. Try something else. You can't just stick to the same thing. If it ain't working, then try something else. Right. You got 12 rounds to do it. If you don't, then you'll be banging your head on the on the table like, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I try this? You're already getting hit. Might as well try to do something different. But if you, had a, if you have a whole game plan that you worked on, training camp do you just abandon that you can't just have one game plan or gotta have multiple mm -hmm. you know what happened if that one game plan don't work mm -hmm. then what you gonna do mm -hmm. you're gonna be stuck in that one mode trying to do the same thing that ain't been working for the last 10 rounds mm -hmm. and then you're gonna be desperate and banking on a knockout swinging for the fences and that's how people get hurt all right when we come back we got more with terrence crawford his fight 
Where Errol Spence goes down July 29th on Showtime, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with boxer Terrence Crawford. He's fighting Errol Spence July 29th on Showtime. Charlemagne? When you say you fix fix your problems, what problems did you fix after the game ball fight? I don't know. Oh, you can't? Okay. <laughs> I ain't giving you too much. <laughs> <laughs> what about dude from Lithuania? Do you, do, you, do you feel like that was a knockdown? No, I don't. I feel okay. as if he pushed me. As you mm-hmm. as you can see, you know, soon as the ref said fight, I stepped right to him. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he's very strong. Very strong, explosive, good fighter, technical. You know, um, that's a fight that you could say I wasn't listening to my, my coaches mm-hmm. and my corner. and I was more emotional in that fight because I felt as if I had something to prove. I went in there looking for the knockout. I didn't want to box. I didn't want to use my my skills. I just wanted to, you know, fight. That's what happens when you go in there and fight the wrong fight. What's gonna stop you from doing yeah, that this time? Because you can't do that again. Because you want. Because I know you want to prove yourself. I know you want to knock him, knock Errol out. You can't. He's big. He's naturally bigger than you. He's strong. He's the big guy. He's the big bad wolf. I didn't hurt it all. He's strong. He's this. He's that. He's this. He's that. So can he get hurt? Yeah, he's a man. Okay. So what's going to stop him from banging with me? I'm not a coach or in your corner, but I wouldn't ask. I wouldn't uh, uh, suggest you bang with him. Why? I think. I think. It's trying to say he's not as powerful. What are you trying to say? Right. What are you trying to say? What are you trying to say, Sean? <laughs> you trying to say he's not as powerful? He's as strong as Earl. What? How you know? Say it clearly. I ain't hear I mean, you. Look, I'm just, you let's be clear. Terrence Crawford is amazing. We know that. What he does. I'm what saying, you say? What I'm saying is, why do you view that, and how do you know? I don't. What know. makes you? What makes you? What makes you think that? Probably the size. I the think size. the size, yeah. I think it's, I don't know if you can hurt him, is what I'm saying. Okay. I've seen you hurt people before. I don't know if you can hurt somebody his size. Did he get hurt his last fight? Yes. Do you think I hit harder than his last opponent? Yes. Okay, case closed. Yeah. But you got to get to him, though. So you saying this man can't get to him? <laughs> <laughs> is that I'm what you're saying? You say? <laughs> I'm just saying, you got to get to him. You got to get in there to do it. Okay. Well, I w- I, the, the getting in there is the get between the ropes, mm-hmm. right? We in there, right? Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a great fight. So when you speak to people like that, right? What stops you from saying you're not getting emotion? Be like, you know what? Trying something because obviously there's a lot of people like Charlemagne that that feels that's like not a, not, that's not no. Don't act. Don't, it's not, let's not act like he's an underdog I, in this fight. He is kind of an underdog. Not the way you're talking. No, I think it's about. I think people think it could go either way. This is this. My man Red is a great boxing guy. He says you win, no problem. <clears throat> my barber says you win, no problem. These are the debates I've been having since the fight's been mm-hmm. announced. But Charlamagne don't feel that way. What is it with so what? Listen, listen, that's his opinion. Yeah. You know, when people have an opinion, it's like an asshole. Everybody got one. <laughs> that is true. That is absolutely that, that, true. That is absolutely true. That is true. Have you thought about how you would deal with a loss in case it does happen? No. I don't I don't think about the things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, my mind is just clear right now. Things happen, they happen. Mm-hmm. You know, but we prepare for the victory. That's it. Ain't no, uh, you gonna lose? Nah, we don't think. What's wrong with you? How you gonna ask? Uh, have you prepared for a loss if you lose? What kind it's, of? It's, that's, a, that's the same question that you kind of ask with the having the, the zero record. Like you know, some people lose, some people don't. So if you do lose, have you thought about how you prepare for that? Nah, we don't. We don't. We don't prepare for that. Mm-hmm. Now, for a young boxer out there or, or somebody that doesn't know. What is your daily routine in training? What what does that deal with? Because most people just see the finished product, right? They see y'all boxing and don't know how much training it actually takes. 
So what what is a day by day with with Terrence Crawford look like? Work, <laughs> work, 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 work. What time That's you get it. up usually? It depends. Sometimes we get up at five. Sometimes we get up at six. You seven. run. You ride bikes. You go straight to the gym. You box. Yeah, we do it. We do it all. We do it all. It depends on the day. Depends on how my body feeling. Depends on the weather. Depends on a lot of things that I can't control. Mm-hmm. So long as we getting the work done, that's all that matters. Another question most people ask is when it comes to having sex before the fight. Oh my god! How long do you abstain from having sex? Everybody keep asking because it's, it's people always want to know that. Man, and it ain't no women asking you that. You ever think that's crazy, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> but don't turn this on me. Damn. Damn. Hey, listen, man. I don't know about other people, but it relaxes me. That's something that I've been doing my whole career. So you ain't abstaining. It is what it is. It is what it is. Me personally, I know it's a myth, you know, but I wouldn't tell anybody else to go out there and try to be like Terrence Crawford because they heard Terrence Crawford say, oh, man, you can have sex and it don't do nothing to you. I'm just saying for me, it never affected me. Regardless of how this fight goes, would you would you ever give somebody like uh, like Boots a shot in the ring, a young boy like Jerron? Listen, listen, I'm open for for all of them mm-hmm. like I said I never turned down a fight in my whole career never duck dodged walked away and ran from nobody mm-hmm. every person that the media have put and said Terrence you need to fight him or Terrence he's chasing you I fought him if you can go back to when I fought Derry Jean when he was talking crazy mm-hmm. to me and Hank Lundy when Everybody was saying, oh, you need to fight Hank. You need to do this. You need to do that. I didn't fight them all. What, what, what would be the benefit of an OG like you giving somebody like a, a boots a shot? Uh, just to satisfy the fans. Mm-hmm. That's it. Because he's an up-and-comer. He doesn't have anything to offer. Nothing at all. But it would just be something for you guys. Mm-hmm. Just Did, an exciting fight. Would you ever fight Yugis uh, again in the pros just to... Do it? For what? what? What will I be getting out of that? Right now, at this stage of my career, I'm looking for things that benefit. When I fought Ugas, he was undefeated. He was top contender, Olympian. He, he had all the accolades. After I beat him, everybody was slandering him. Oh, he green machine. He did see that. He fought a guy that nobody knows. Just because you didn't know him, that don't mean that he wasn't a good fighter mm-hmm. just because you don't know him that doesn't mean that you know he deserved to be where he was because he was my mandatory mm-hmm. just like when I just fought Avenesian he was ranked number six in the division but everybody was mad that I took that fight because things wasn't right with the Errol Spence and uh, my negotiation mm-hmm. so people was mad can't get mad things didn't happen for a reason but now we here everybody got the fight that they wanted and july 29th we're gonna go out there and put on a show or earl last fight i think i think it was against you he he, he did he, he did get hurt a little bit but he still stopped him in the 10th round so you could still hurt him you still get stopped i'm just saying, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just saying. I'm just saying i look for i can't wait to see it though you gonna be there no, I'm not going to be there. Come on, man. You did all that talking years ago, and you ain't going to be there. Nope, I'm going to be watching it from home. I know how y'all got guys from home, Omaha get down. How we get down? All right. I want to watch the fight in peace. Come I want to, you know. <laughs> but we, we appreciate you for joining us. When's the last time you hit a civilian? Hey, shut up, You want to hit one right now? Nah, nah, we don't do that. We don't do that. Why are you doing that, man? Just making sure. I all respect for Terrence Crawford. We just talking boxing. It's just... 
Like picking a picking a sporting event. It is. We're picking. I'm picking the winner. That's you all. said you. You know, not sure if he could bang. How hard he could hit. I just wanted to prove no, it to you. I said again. <laughs> it's probably ten other people you can name. I'll pick Bud over. But Spence is a different type of animal. That's all I'm saying. Do you rise to the level of your competition? Do I? Yeah. Have you watched my career? Absolutely. That's your answer. Okay. One time to loot jab. Just loot. Shut up. Man. All right. Uh-huh. It's Terrence Crawford, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget to tune in and get your pay per view July 29th. And we appreciate you for joining us. One last question. You think about stuff like uh, pay per view numbers? Uh, you, that, that, you can't. I can't. That's all of my control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you got the people that have the, um, the websites to steal the fights mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And stuff that you can't control. You just. Go in there, focus on things that you can control. Because I feel like that's become a thing now. Like that's become a stat that people brag about now. Fighters, I'm yeah. like, who cares? Well, I mean, for your money, your pockets, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, listen, you know, the the bigger the numbers, the bigger you know you you become. Or right. that's why Floyd was Money Mayweather because of the numbers that he was producing. Mm-hmm. That's why everybody wanted to fight him. That's why every time he stepped foot in the ring he demanded what he demanded because he knew what he was going to draw so yeah absolutely All right. well there you have it it's Terrence Crawford good luck on your fight July 29th it's the Breakfast Club good morning morning everybody it's DJ NV Charlamagne the guy we are the Breakfast Club let's get to the rumors let's talk Samuel L. Jackson rumor has it rumor rumor has it call out a name or you gossiping or you chatty patty I'm gossiping this is the rumor report I mean I guess we on the Breakfast Club this is where the tea spills right right Right. on the Breakfast Club now shout to uh, our brother Sway now Samuel L. Jackson was doing an interview on Sway and talks about the time his wife uh, checked Tupac I remember the one specific story. My wife was on that film. Mm-hmm. She was uh, she was the chubby kid's mom, and uh, I guess Pop was walking through a room a day, and he was cussing somebody up. Uh, my wife like grabbed him. It's like, young man, you see all these women sitting in here? You can't be in here cursing, blah blah blah. And everybody in the room was like, <gasps> and he looked at her and was like, oh, I'm sorry, man. Everybody in the room was like, do you know who that was? She was like, no. I have no idea who he was, but he shouldn't have been cursing in front of all these women in this room, blah, blah, blah. And from that point on, every time he saw her, he was like, hey, mom, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. You know, as much as everybody puts Pac in that whole, you know, rapping world, he did go to a performing high school. He understood, you know, the business mm-hmm. of acting and what was going on. All right. That was Samuel L. Jackson talking about at the time his wife checked Tupac's yeah. record. That was on the set of Juice. Yeah, no, 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 no OG black woman. No, they don't give a damn who you are. Not at all. They don't give a damn who you are, what you do, how much money you got. If you ain't moving accordingly, you're going to get snatched up. Mm-hmm. Period. Bottom line, point blank. But that's period. how it should be, right? That's, that's, that's how it should right? be. We need more of that. We definitely need more of that in the community. Mm-hmm. All right, I, don't, I don't know what we got to do uh, for. I guess that's the way people learn. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, it takes a village. Well, that's yes. how... That's, 100%. I mean, that's how a, a lot of us were raised. It, it didn't Absolutely. matter if you did something wrong on the block or wherever Absolutely. you are. Somebody screamed at you and then up. told your mama. So, you know what? Drop on a clue bomb for Miss Brevard. Mr. Cole Brevard. I love Miss Brevard. What did she do? She, she used to snatch me up all the time. She should have snatched up a little more. Shut up. She actually sent me a, a message yesterday and it was a... <laughs> it was a meme that said... Uh, what did they say? 
It said, oh, shout out to everyone who had report cards growing up that read Talks Too Much. And she put Sounds Familiar. <laughs> so love you, Miss Brevard. All right. Now, we got to talk Pat Sajak. He announced on Monday that he plans on retiring. He was uh, the host of the longest-running game show at the end of the 41st season. He's still going to stay on as a consultant, but it seems like Whoopi Goldberg reveals that she wants the job. Man, Whoopi's sick of y'all at The View, huh? Legendary game show host uh, Pat Sajak just announced that oh, he's yeah. going to be retiring yeah, from job. Wheel of Fortune at the end job. of the next season. <laughs> yeah. What's your reaction to the yes. news and any ideas on who should replace him? Well, Pat's a legend. I mean, over 40 years, and the price of a vowel has not gone up one no. penny. Like, <laughs> like, nobody controlled inflation yeah. like, right. like Pat Sajak. Hopefully, Wheels got an envelope somewhere that says what to do when, <laughs> when Pat packs Whoopi it wants in. the job. I want that job. Well, now, we've, oh, we figured it out. Whoopi's sick of y'all. Whoopi's sick of every time she got something to say, y'all jump down her throat every few months. She ain't got, she's tired of it. She's tired of it. She just wants something nice and easy like Wheel of Fortune. My rumor has it that they're talking to Ryan Seacrest for being one of the, uh, being a host of Wheel of Fortune. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Or they could just do an AI Pat Sajak. I mean, Pat, what? <laughs> if they did an AI Pat Sajak, like, like on Cedar's World, remember Cedar's World back in the day on BT? I'm sure the technology is much better now. You wouldn't really know the difference. No, you can't. They could actually do that with Alex Rebecca on Jeopardy too now. If they wanted to. No. Because they're so cool. Like, they just, they kind of just blend in with everything that's going on on those shows. You know? No, you want a real host. All right. I would love if Whoopi did it. I now, would, me too, because I want her to get get off the view. Because <laughs> I'm tired of y'all jumping down OG Whoopi throat every time she got an opinion. Yeah. Well, Larsa Pippen and Marcus Jordan, you know, that's Michael Jordan's son. Uh, they have a new podcast. It's called Separation Anxiety. And they talk about a lot on their first episode. They talk about uh, when they first met, uh, them trying to hide themselves from paparazzi as they were dating. I feel like we were like hiding out and like mm -hmm. trying to be low key. And then we didn't trust anyone. Ever we went, we yeah, were like no, scared of like, we're phones like, like, were like camera. ducking from flashes in the club and all this yeah. stuff. You were at a position earlier when we first met that you didn't want to take on all the smoke. You know, I was kind of skeptical because yeah. I kind of felt like, why would you do this, Larsa? Why would you do this? Why would you date someone that, you know, just the families? It's just a, a really crazy situation to be in. Yeah. They also talk about how when she first met him, she didn't save his name under his name. She saved it under a fake name. Well, she put heir to the throne. Mark Jacobs. So, oh. who made the first move? You did. I beg to disagree. What? I think, you know, again, I was looking at her across the room, but we were looking at each other, for right, sure. Right, but is that the first move, looking at each other? No, nah, you know, I don't think that's the first move, but I definitely, I, I'd say I, I, I made the first move. You know, it's funny. I feel like a lot of people don't know that I could never really put you under your name on my phone. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, I didn't find that out until we started dating either. So, I had you under... Mark Jacob. Yeah. That's like, I don't know why I had you under Mark Jacob, but like, that's what I had you <laughs> on my phone because I didn't want anyone to know when you would call me. I just yeah. wanted it to be very like. Well, I feel like when we first started dating, it was random. Like, mm -hmm. when we would talk, it'd be like, I was going on a trip or I'm coming to Miami or mm -hmm. you know, someone I was going to bump into each other. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's that's kind of funny that uh, I was stored under Mark Jacob. Why, um, why do we care? What happened now? Well, people care about it. Of course, that's lots of people. They're not married, though, right? No, nah, they're dating. You can't have a whole podcast and y'all just dating. <laughs> well, you got to be married to have a relationship podcast. Well, you know, Lawson of Pippen, of course, is Scottie Pippen's uh, ex. She's 48 and Michael Jordan's son, Marcus, is 32. And he, they also talk about meeting the kids. Marcus meeting the kids. I don't care. What is the podcast about, though? Relationship stuff. They are not married. They are dating. I don't think that you should start a podcast if you're just dating. 
They haven't even been dating long enough to start a podcast. I'm going to tune in every week to listen to two people who've just been dating for a little while in regards to relationship advice. You're listening now? Because you keep so playing it. about my kids. Okay. Because I do feel like I don't normally bring guys around my kids. I'm really selective on who I invite into my home, who I, who I have around my kids. But I feel like it was very natural and normal when you came around because they already knew you. They I, love you. I, I think it's been it's been great. I feel like my kids already knew you. Like when I would FaceTime with you or call you and I'd be like, oh, like, I, you know, just yeah. conversations we would have. So I think when they finally did get to meet you, it was not like, oh, my God, who's this guy? It was almost like, hey, Marcus, what's right. up? Yeah, no, for sure. I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of common ground yeah uh, which makes it easier for us all to you know be around each other so you're not gonna listen to the podcast i don't have a reason to but i will say is that like a specialty podcast is it something they're just doing for each other just to describe their relationship and their situation or is this something long term where they're gonna be helping other couples because if that's the case then they need to make a commitment to themselves i would think before i make a commitment to that podcast I would want them to make a commitment to themselves. Well, maybe they're just talking about their relationship and how they're doing. Like when they're just just they're getting it made, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about when he met their kids. I don't know. This mm. is a podcast. People have been talking about it. They want to know more about Larsa Pippen and Michael Jordan's son's life. So people are tuning in. Oh, congratulations. Congratulations. Oh. Congratulations. Yo, what's wrong with you? Oh, you did that right, yo. You did that pretty good. Drop a bomb for Charlamagne. He practiced that. Oh, I do that all the time, he randomly, for no reason. He practiced that. I do not know. I be walking around the house randomly. Congratulations. Oh. Who are you giving your donkey to, man? Oh, man. For after the hour, we need Waki Osiris to come to the front of the congregation. We'd like to have a word with him, please. All right. We'll get to that next. So don't move. It's Very the teachable club. moment. Good morning. I was donkey up the day. Damn, the hee-haw again. <laughs> it's time for Donkey of the Day. I ain't trying to be Donkey today no more. They should be embarrassed by what they already did. I I'm not making these people do these things. Called Donkey of the Day, and it really caught me off guard. Damn, Charlemagne, who got the Donkey of the Day today? Well, Donkey of the Day for Thursday, June 15th goes to YK Osiris. Now, if you don't know who YK Osiris is, he's a singer-songwriter from Jacksonville, Florida. And for the last 24 hours, he has been Black Twitter's most wanted because he was seen on video trying to give another artist by the name of Sukiana a kiss without her consent. Uh, the term they are using in various articles online are forcibly kissing. Uh, that's the headline I've seen. YK Osiris accused of sexual assault after forcefully kissing Sukiana at an event. Now... There's some of y'all listening to me who don't know who the hell either one of these people are, and that's fine. Just know why Kale Cyrus is a young man, Sukiyana is a young woman. Now, there's been all types of reasoning going around. Uh, you know, stories like this get computers puting. All right, most common sentiments I saw were folks saying this was sexual assault, and I saw a lot of people saying, hey, she walks around calling herself Suki with the good coochie, and she has a song about uh, eating a man's groceries, so this is the energy she puts out, so this is the energy she should expect to receive. That second sentiment reminds me of when rappers who rap about... Uh, various nefarious activities whether it's murder drug selling whatever crime they choose to put to a beat when they get jammed up and catch a rico or if they get shot and killed or beat up first thing folks say is hey he bought it on himself okay because of the music he makes hell if you're a rapper who raps about constant drug use and then you die of an overdose people say well that's what he rapped about so folks are consistent when it comes to blaming people's misfortunes on their music and we should have a discussion about that but eh, not not really today well, maybe later. We need to all be asking ourselves, how come we know better but don't do better? That's the question I have for the young brother, YK Osiris. How come you don't know any better? 
All right. Sometimes I'd be naive because I gave him the benefit of the doubt yesterday because I thought to myself, for him to be moving like that, they must have a relationship because there's no possible way in 2023 with all we have learned about boundaries and what's consent and what's not consent and the whole Me Too movement. I would think in 2023, uh, no man would still be moving like that. But here we are. Uh, YK Osiris, do you realize what you did is exactly why Kane pistol whipped Chauncey and Minister Society? You remember that, Envy? Mm-hmm. Major plot line to the movie. And it was when Chauncey was making sexual advances toward Ronnie, and Ronnie clearly wasn't with it, so Kane pistol whipped him. All right, the reason I'm putting that out there is because whether we realize it or not, scenes like that taught us what not to do. And if we did do those things, those were the kinds of consequences and repercussions that could happen. Now, even though we had those teachable moments, I'll be the first to tell you that we was raised wrong. Okay, I mean, everything about our culture has been hypersexualized. I don't even have to get into what I mean uh, when I say we was raised wrong, because if you was born in the 1900s, you know what the hell I'm talking about. There is a reason. Okay, your mommy and your grandma is sweating about this Freak Nick documentary. All right, but at what point do those of us that know better teach better? Okay, if you know better and you've done better, it's your obligation to teach better. So I am sitting here literally wondering, did someone fail YK Osiris or is he just a D-head who knows better but has lapses of judgment like this? I read his apology and he said, I want to publicly offer my sincerest apology to Sukiana and attempt to be playful. I misread the moment and violated Sukiana's boundaries. Hmm. He also said, I understand the importance of consent and I am embarrassed by my behavior. Clearly that apology shows he knew better, but for whatever reason, he didn't do better in that moment. And that's what we have to prevent because we got to protect uh, women, right? But we also have to protect men, right? We got to protect black women, but we also have to protect black men because black men, what if Sukiyana decides to press charges against you for sexual assault? Who's to tell us she can't do that? Now your dumb ass got to charge him for what? Because you misread the moment? No, black man, we got to do better. And I wonder about that misread the moment line. It seems to me a lot of y'all are misreading the moment when it comes to Miss Sukiyana and y'all blaming it on her music. Let's unpack that, okay? If a woman is walking around calling herself uh, Suki with the good coochie, I understand why you would be curious about that good coochie. That makes sense. Doesn't give you the right to make unwanted sexual advances to her and violate her boundaries, but I understand the curiosity. But another main reason I'm giving YK Osiris donkey is because all of y'all talking about Sukiyana's music is the reason, you know, she receives this type of behavior because of the music she makes, she should expect it. Hmm. I've only heard one Suki on a song, right? And that song is called Casamigos, right, Envy? Correct. Let me get this right, my brothers. Suki on has a song where she's talking about eating a man's groceries. I'm not kink shaming at all. I had my groceries eaten. I'm just wondering why K.O. Cyrus, oh. why was you so ready to put your tongue in her mouth knowing where her tongue has been. All of y'all out here talking mm. about Sukiyana's music is why men do this to her. So y'all in a rush to either get your bunkies brunched on or in the case of YK Osiris, in a rush to taste another man's ass. That's a lot of butts. Where is Jesus? Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? We need him so bad right now. Okay, we need a group therapy session for all of us because I'm just sick of us hurting each other. I don't want to see Sukiyana or any other woman hurt, and I don't want to see YK Osiris hurt either. Yes, he should be held accountable. If there is consequences to his actions, he earned them. But what do we have to do as a society? What do we have to teach as a culture? What do we have to learn to make sure things like this don't happen ever again? Because I would think brothers would know better by now, wouldn't they? Please give YK Osiris the biggest hee-haw. I'm just saying, y'all keep blaming Suki on his music. Mm. You know, y'all keep saying, you know, this is what she puts out. 
Okay. I like, I only know that one song. What are you saying, my brothers? All right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. You want your hat? You want your hat? You bunky eating? <laughs> huh? <laughs> what, what? 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 You want to taste bunky on the tongue? I'm just trying to figure I it out. Know. All right. I don't get it. It's all right. Well, thank you for that donkey today. Mm-hmm. This question, what was his name? Who your name? You said you like getting your butt. Yeah. Man, shut up. I done told you cut that out now. That's what you said. I, I ain't say nothing about... Never mind. It was his name was Rashawn Casey. Since y'all must know, since no, since y'all must know, you want to do a rumor report? His name was Rashawn Casey. That's why we've been so close the last thirteen years. All right, he was eating this ass. He was eating this ass. Okay, you go too right? far. Oh see, yes, I do. I'll burn the whole car down. I see you. All right. Yeah. That one. Yeah, that's our song, right, Envy? I'm taking my huh? toys. That's our song. At the toy box. I'm going okay, home. that's what we're gonna dance to it all wedding. I'm, I'm not that's playing anymore. That's gonna be anymore. our first song. I'm leaving the right? playground. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sh- shout to BT. We'll see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play mm-hmm. with you no more. Mm-hmm. BT peace. That's right. What's well, wrong with you, man? Nothing wrong with me. I am perfectly fine. Like my Paula Santo right now. I'm going to show you how fine I am. All right. When we come back, the cast of The Blackening will be joining us. Of course, it's a new film. It's a horror slash comedy. Really funny. And we'll talk to the cast, which is uh, Yvonne Orji, Sinqua Walls, Jay Farrell, Grace Myers, Antoinette Robertson, and Dwayne Perkins. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Be the same. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club, and we got some special guests joining us. I think this is the most guests we've ever had. Yeah, this is the first time I've seen an actual cast cast. Yes, when they yeah, say like the cast, a, is like a, one person, yeah, two people. The cast, yeah. It's the whole cast. The cast of Blackening is in the building. Good morning, guys. Good morning. How y'all feeling? Good. You got to name names individually, man. Okay. Well, let's start off. Yvonne Orgy. What's good? We're going to take attendance. Jay Barrow. Grace Byers. Antoinette Robinson and Dwayne Perkins. All right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Talk to us about the blackening, man. What is the blackening? Dwayne. Oh, uh, it is a movie about a group of friends that go to a cabin um, for a Juneteenth celebration and they find themselves stalked by a psycho killer and then they have to, you know, not die. <laughs> the black person always dies in the beginning. Who died in the beginning? Oh, man. Now we can't. I'm just joking. 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 I'm just now, is this the type of movie that you guys would actually be a part of? Like, go to a cabin in a white area and feel like that at all? That's Absolutely so problematic. Not. Like, already, already going to a cabin in a white area without backup <laughs> is already problematic. That's a horror film in real life. I love that the movie calls it out, though, because it's just like, why are we here? And who did this? Like, who? Because yeah. that's how most scary movies start. It's like, okay, we just we just stumble upon this cabin in the west. Like, somebody calls him out and is like, yo, why? Whose idea was this? Like, <laughs> a cabin in the woods, but, really? But the twist of the movie is that the the killer is like whoever is the blackest, mm-hmm. you know, is going to get knocked off. So for people that don't know, you guys have to play a game. Yeah. Yes. Now, what is this game about? Mm. Uh, it's, the game is called The Blackening, and it is a game that's forcing these friends to determine who's the blackest to see who dies first. Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's the trope. Black trivia. Black trauma uh, trivia. Okay, Antoinette, what does that mean? What is what? Thought? That H-O-E oh, so, so over we're there. We're going to play Black Trivia. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, 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 I love that you're like, what does that mean? Yvonne, if Young Metro don't trust, trust, what might future do? If Young Metro don't trust you. Oh, wow. If Young Metro don't trust you. No. I guess I did. 
What years did Cash Money Records tell us they were taking over? Cash Money. Okay, all right. You're dead. I'm from the Caribbean. I will fail you. According to your mama, she said she says she'll give you what if you start crying. Something I'm still crying. There you go. Yo, love. Now this is a tough one. <laughs> that's, that's so parenting. That's that's not my mama. This is a tough one. How many fights did the Fresh Prince get into before his mom got scared? One little fight. One little fight. One tiny one. You know the person who jumps in first is the person like I gotta get this answer right. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what's going on I've watched Fresh Prince so many times that I'm like I've listened. I know the original song. Yeah. What's the original song? The original song where he goes beyond like yeah. The full song. Now you wanted the writers of the movie, right? Yes. So what made you want to put this movie out June 18th and having it be about the June 19th, June 18th celebration? It comes out June 16th. I should say Juneteenth. It comes out the 16th. Yeah. Juneteenth celebration, I should say. From from the sketch to the feature, we just really wanted to put it in a space that was like about blackness and and freedom and they're trying not to die and they're fighting for the freedom and what better time to do it than on June 10th <laughs> uh, but yeah no we were just trying to pack it which as as much things from the culture as possible um, and hopefully it becomes like a Juneteenth movie yeah, yeah it's mm-hmm. interesting that it's through the lens of uh, comedy and horror because I feel like that is the black experience mm-hmm. in America yeah like I can't go through a trauma without cracking a joke like that's mm-hmm. just what it's gonna be levity is the I think antithesis to fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also that's the only way black people can really see a horror film. They're like, you know, black people. I, I've told people they're like, I don't know that I'm going to see. It. I was like, but it's a it's a comedy as well. Okay, I can laugh at it. I'm like, yeah, 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 it's a satire, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like because they're like, so, so we just gonna be dying and is exactly. it like traumatic? I'm like, we no, it's not twelve years. Like, it is. Yeah. <laughs> One thing this movie isn't. It's not. Tra- it's not black trauma porn. No. Like mm-hmm. the world is used to ingesting that. Like it's it's fun. It's an interactive experience. We celebrate black culture. Um, it, we, of course, there are instances where we're supposed to quantify our blackness, which you, we know is ludicrous. But we bring the conversations up, like, okay, well, I can't say that you're not as black because you're lighter skinned or whatever the case may be. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. Continue on. Continue on, ma'am. Or, case in point, like Gracie and I are both Caribbean, so it's like we have the conversations that we have behind closed doors and in the group chat but out loud with everybody in the world and it's a pretty great experience. But you guys also talk about things that we all deal with like you know being in the store and somebody following us around Mm -hmm. or the the park ranger you know stopping somebody because you're not supposed to be in this neighborhood Mm -hmm. so I know writing that was part of a a little freeing too like this is the ish that happens all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah like it was actually wild me and Tracy talk about it pretty often how we were surprised that they allowed us to keep it as black as it was Mm -hmm. because we were just like we just gonna write what we want what makes us laugh and then by the final version, we said, damn, they really kept a lot of niggas in here. Speak to that, though, because, like, you know, they don't, as much as they scream diversity and inclusion, it's just like, you know, they don't want things to be too black. Yeah, I, I would say that that is one of the privileges of doing it as an indie first, mm-hmm. is that there was less cooks in the kitchen to tell us how to display blackness. Uh, mm-hmm. And the people that were 
who were white, they just gave us the freedom because they knew they didn't know what they were talking about. They were like, <laughs> so you weren't nervous at all because, I mean, there's, there's a lot of in it, but that's how we speak, right? Yeah. They, they're like, it's June, it's June 10th, you know what I mean? But, yeah. but it was never a fear like, maybe we need to take some of those. So they didn't, they just let y'all do you. Yeah, no, I don't really move with that fear. Uh, my whole life has been consuming media that was not made for me, so I don't feel inclined to put my point of view through a funnel for people that are not of me if you if it's, if you don't know then figure it out to be mm -hmm. honest mm -hmm. what pisses y'all off more white executives that don't know what they talk about or black executives that don't know what they talk about like, they cult culturally clueless black mm. executives culturally I don't know that it's called, they're culturally clueless I think they are just part of a regime that doesn't give them the space to be as black as they may want to be mm -hmm. because in order to keep their jobs they have to Conform and Fall I think on a little bit more. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm not an executive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can see yeah. it by the conversation that you have behind. Like we all kind of permeate in the same world, right? So we we you have these conversations behind closed doors, and you can instantly tell that someone is a little bit more contrived. They might lean in, but then they kind of look mm -hmm. like, yeah, it's that man. I'm really rock rocking with y'all. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more of that, and you can yeah. instantly tell like who's who in that space. Mm -hmm. All right, when we come back, we got the cast of Blackening. So don't move. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Okay. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with the cast of Blackening, Charlemagne. And Why do you think it's been such a lack of black uh, horror comedy movies? Because I feel like, like with the success of like scary movie with Marlon, mm -hmm. like I feel like there would have been a lot more. Um, to be honest, I just think that um, the people allowed to make the movies have just changed. There's just not a lot of people pushing for that, and if it is, it's in a lens that is digestible for white people mm -hmm. so you're not necessarily given the space to create horror comedies and then I do think like Get Out was like a big moment mm -hmm. and I and this industry runs on that people have already seen yeah. and so they were like that is what works that is what we want and that was not comedic that's very far from scary movie mm -hmm. so I'm hoping that the blackening kind of like creates another point in the like lexicon of horror comedy so that executives in the industry can see like what black people can do that's not just within scary movie or get out mm -hmm. but yeah I just think these are unoriginal for each one of y'all what made y'all want to do this movie when y'all seen the script what was like oh this is for me because well, this is pandemic too yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean well for me it was uh, it's innovative man it's never been done before you've never seen so many uh, black people represented uh, this way like we could say it. We're not monoliths, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and it's time for people to have fun again, especially with the arduousness of the last few years mm -hmm. we've been going through. So mm -hmm. I, I, it just seemed fun. It was like a slam dunk. Mm -hmm. And I've worked with Tim before, you know what I mean? I know how he works, and I was excited to work with this beautiful cast of folks. So mm -hmm. um, to me, it was just different, and it just made sense. It's innovative. Mm -hmm. I want to hear that from everybody. Yeah, what about yeah you? a little play off of that as well, too, and, and, and what you were saying as well. Like, we've never really seen that before. We've never really seen the horror comedy um, mm -hmm. aspect, especially with an all-black cast. Mm -hmm. and. I think also too like this is my friend group you know what I mean and so to see yourself in that space and then I think also too it is our strength as black people that we span the spectrum of the diaspora mm -hmm. right and Absolutely. so when, when you can see that reflected in a film I think that representation goes a long long way Tim's story is a big deal this cast was a big deal the script was amazing super funny super smart and so for me it was it was a like an easy easy yes what about you Yvonne? I, what attracted you to it? Um, I had watched the sketch. And mm -hmm. what's funny is before, like literally the week before, I don't know if you know this, the week before 
um, I got the call for the movie, I had watched the sketch all over again because I was looking for the director to possibly direct my special. And so I had been like in the world of this. I was like, yo, this is real funny. Someone should do something with this. Cut to, <laughs> I got the script. I was like, yo, this is for real happening. And so for me, one, it was hysterical. Um, and then two, I appreciated the kind of breaking down the silly conversations of like what blackness really is because mm-hmm. it was that thing of like even when President Obama came into office it was like he's not black enough it's like well mm-hmm. who who has the patent on blackness like mm-hmm. I need to find this person who can define what mm-hmm. blackness is because and we've even had this conversation on the show it's like as a Nigerian American it's mm-hmm. like well you don't know about the black experience I was like I know about a black experience <laughs> I don't know about every black you know what I mean so I, I, I love putting myself in conversations whereby we can like look at these tropes or whatever these conversations and hit them on the head um, and then I got to play be funny and then you know scream <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I've said it so many times I think for me it always starts with with story it starts with who's involved I think like it was it was funny it was intelligent and it was on time mm-hmm. yeah I, opportunity to work with Tim Story to me he's one of the greatest filmmakers that we have um, I grew up loving him I grew up loving him as a filmmaker so I was like okay yes I want to work with Tim Story and I follow filmmakers and I was like yes I read the script several times. I, kept, I became more familiar with Dwayne. And I remember I had questions about the script that I was like, well, who, who wrote this? Like, why did they say this instead? They're like, well, actually, Dwayne wrote that. I was like, oh, okay. Like, he's informed, yeah. right? And then I was like, so who's playing Dwayne? Because we had to play off each other. Like, they're like, Dwayne's playing Dwayne. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, That's why okay, I named him it. Dwayne. <laughs> <laughs> I like, okay, cool. And I just felt like it, it had the opportunity to be executed well. Mm-hmm. I always read things and I say, what are the legs? So, for me, I'm grateful that we're sitting in this position now of coming out and distribution and Lionsgate is a part of it. Yeah. But I would be lying if I didn't think that we were going to be here. Mm. Because I think when I when I read something and it haunts me and I go, ooh, I come back to it. And even if I'm like on the fence of a yes or a no and I go, it's still on my mind. Mm-hmm. It's something that I have to run towards. Mm-hmm. And this script did that for me, especially coming out of pandemic. I had done Resort to Love. We did Resort to Love together. And it was like a totally different comedic thing right mm-hmm. but we had a lot of color in it and this was just like even more infused and intelligent and smart so for me I was like okay this is something I haven't done yet yeah. so it's something I want to do and then all the, I already knew who the cast was and to play with them I was like okay let's do it yeah. mm-hmm. for me uh, I was obsessed with the script it was just so well written but like it's very rare that I read something that I see so many different hues of blackness there's so many different black women in this mm-hmm. you see them we're all from different like backgrounds we speak differently we have different interests but we're a friend group the same thing with the men like i love that Dwayne's character isn't just like the gay sidekick mm-hmm. like none of us were just limited to being the best friend or the sidekick mm-hmm. like we were fully fleshed out characters and we're showing blackness in its full form as opposed to seeing it diluted which is what we usually see through the lens of whiteness and so i was like this is so smart it's so funny and although i'm terrified of horror movies mm-hmm. um i felt like if i didn't do it i would regret it so yeah no you wrote the whole script uh yeah me and tracy and what i liked about it is that i as like a queer black man as an actor just i've never been afforded the opportunity to like be a lead in something because mm-hmm. things are very and so in in order to like kind of break out of the box that i feel like hollywood tries to put black queer men in i had to write a whole movie mm. uh and and i hope that like people see that i've been like yeah do you see the lanes that i have to go to like for me to feel represented I have to be that for myself like that's cool but also like stop that yeah Yeah. that's what we want though right (laughs) we just wish that they would green light more that 
Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And also, also, I have to say, the movie is really good. Like, if we've been um, getting the feedback from like people who've gone to the screening, yeah. it is the kind of movie you want to see at a black theater. Matter of fact, make the theater black because you're yelling make at the, the screen. Theater black. <laughs> because, like, you know, there's some, like, when I watched Creed, I was like, nah, we gotta go to Crenshaw. Like, I want to see this in Crenshaw. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so, yeah. this is, like, I'm gonna tell you a funny story. When I watched, what was it? Um, Dream Girls. I, I went to a black theater. I don't know if they knew that um, it was a musical because I'll never forget the one time that Jennifer Hudson started singing. Somebody was like, hey, come on, man. If they start singing one more time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the kind of movie going experience that you want and you're like, oh my yes. God. So this is the movie theater experience that you have to probably see it twice because somebody's going to be yelling at the screen, talking yeah. back. Now, why they do that? Like, yeah. it yeah. is so... Interactive. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interactive movie going experience. Yeah, you know it, it ain't 3D, but it is... DD. Now, does that scare you? Being in the box office? Like, coming out, having to come out in theaters, does that scare you? No. Oh, no. I think that's what we all want. I just, and because, because, like Dwayne said earlier, I feel like it coming out Juneteenth weekend yes. is going to be create something that I'm hoping, not unlike July 4th, becomes a box office weekend that all studios are fighting for. And mm -hmm. because we are coming out and establishing that, mm -hmm. I'm excited for that. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. I think it, it's going to set a whole precedent of like, okay, now Juneteenth is a weekend that everyone wants. Yeah. And if you can own Juneteenth, then it's like, you did something right with your film. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. The blacks have actually been dominating uh, the, yeah, the, the yeah. movie. Have you, like, between... Those are the block, big, big blockbusters. Like, these are the movies, to me, that really tell the tale of what black people can do. Yes, yeah. The Little Mermaid, um, mm -hmm. Spider-Man, uh, Transformers, yeah. We Coming Out This Week. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, what? I think the mo movies like this are the ones that get us more yeah, absolutely. Yeah. movies. Yeah. Absolutely. All that stuff you named, those are big blocks. They're supposed yeah. to do that. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's IP. But when you have like a brown face, like I saw Transformers and I was just like, it's really good. And I was yes. like, oh, it's because it has brown people. Don't they make a difference. It makes a difference. Like, oh, and he got sickle cell? What? <laughs> <laughs> like, when was the last time you saw sickle cell as like... <laughs> <laughs> that's the point. As, like, like, as, like, as somebody who got the trait. I was like, I feel sick. I feel like that when Tyrese was in Transformers. He was in Transformers? Why are you crying? Check it out this weekend. <laughs> and we appreciate you guys for joining us. Thank you so much. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get to the rumors. Let's talk Home Depot. Rumor has it, rumor, rumor has it. Call out a name or you gossiping or you chatty uh, patty. I'm gossiping. This is the rumor report. I mean, I guess we on The Breakfast Club. This is where the tea spills, right? Yes. Right. On The Breakfast Club. Now, Charlemagne, are you familiar with the uh, quote-unquote Home Depot girl? Yeah, that's the uh, young lady that was pretty and yes Ariana yeah Ariana mm -hmm. Josephine she uh posted a picture at Home Depot that went viral and it's sad because of of I guess that, that viral moment people have been crazy they've been pulling up to her work uh they pinned her they found out what school she lives at so she what school she lives well, at I'm sorry, I'm sorry what school she attended and where she lived at so she pretty much had to change her whole routine where she's talking about actually leaving that school and leaving that area cuz people are actually harassing her uh, they said that she actually had to leave Home Depot as well. She's a, uh, if you go to her page, you, you can see her. She's a very young, pretty girl. She prays a lot, talks about the Bible a lot. Very, very, very smart and intelligent. Well, Shaquille O'Neal uh, stopped through Home Depot yesterday looking for her. I'm in Home Depot. I'm looking for somebody. 
Did you find her? No, I didn't. Ah. <laughs> Next time, JP. Tell me, have you seen her? Tell me, have you seen her? So how you, how you gonna report about all these people going to harass that young lady and then throw the Shaq going to harass that well, young lady? Well, Shaq also DM'd her and said, don't let these people bother you. She said, thank you, Shaq. Uh, and said, don't read the comments. Stuff like that will drive you crazy. Have a great day. Tell all your boyfriends I said hello. Well, Shaq, who is probably one of the, uh, I would say, best rap NBA players, if you would have to pick one. Best rap NBA players? Him best, and- best rapping NBA players of all time? I think Shaq is up there. He got the best music by far. All right. Well, he also did a video there as well. Should write a book about every step on my way up the ladder. I came out the mud. It was an ugly chapter. I don't even show up at your fancy parties. If you see me hanging out, it's off the eight or after. Only bought a Dougal Platinum. If you count my points and rebounds, quadruple platinum. Got two retired jerseys in two different cities. I'm still waiting on that call from the Orlando Magic. Look, I feel overly blessed. Put seven on the chat. I cannot be quoted for less. Taking trips day to day. I get global respect. When I'm not with Kenny Smith, I'm still close to a jet. Can't believe my little brother Kobe gone. Thank you for the three feet. If I talked about that pain, you wouldn't believe me. Might go by the LA Sparks and change the name to the GGs. Get Chuck the culture first. Ship gonna be a freebie. Might, like, buy the, might buy the L.A. Sparks change the name to the GGs. GGs. Drop on the clues, bomb. Shaq be rapping, man. I mean, that's, that's, he, he's always made the best music. Shaq be rapping. I mean, I, at one point, I thought he was the best uh, rapping NBA player of all time. I think Damian Lillard might. Damian Lillard is definitely a better rapper, but Shaq has the best music. Shaq got balls, though. NBA Shaq player. be spitting. Yeah, but Damian Lillard can rap rap. Flow, delivery, crazy. Yeah, Shaq be rapping, too, though. No, you ain't never heard Damian Lillard. I have. He did be playing records up here, but on Damian Lillard, Lillard before. can rap, rap. Shaq get busy. Shaq make better songs, mm-hmm. but Damien can rap. Now, yesterday, Meek Mill. Wait, hold on, did you ever find a woman? <laughs> no, nah, she wasn't there. Oh, she wasn't there. All right. Now, also, uh, Meek Mill yesterday put this on Instagram and social media. I don't know why Meek put this up. Meek said, "Who think I fell off or don't really think I got it with rapping anymore?" Oh God. I'm for real. I need answers and tell the truth. I'm not taking it personal. I need to hear how people think before I do what I do, a social experiment. Why do you care what people Answer on social media think? Why, but, do you, why do you care what people on social media think? Why do people need validation from social media? And by the way, Meek, you can't get on social media and ask a question like that. Because nah, nobody's there to give you serious answers. No, not at all. All they want to do is clown on social media. That's it. That Cut is it, it out. And why, that's why, why I said with Meek, <laughs> you know on, what I mean? Man. It's one of those things. If you put that out there, this, I would say probably 80% is going to be BS and they're just going to be attacking you because they can't. You might as well have put wrong answers only at the end of that tweet. <laughs> you might as well have put that, Meek. Yeah. So Meek is working on some new music. I, th- I definitely think we miss Meek out there, and I-, I think we need some of those anthems and some of those some of that music that Meek usually supplies, especially for the summertime. All right, and that is your rumor report. All right, when we come back, we got the People's Choice Mix, and don't forget, I my car show is this weekend. It's like two, three days left in Houston Father's Day weekend. Uh, we got everything, old school cars, new school cars, donk slabs, uh, swangers. We ain't got no lowriders. I don't know if H-Town got lowriders. I haven't see, heard from the lowrider community, but pull up. We're going to have a bunch of cars, and of course, kids five and under are free. It's going to be a great uh, time for if you want to bring your fathers, your grandfathers. It's a family event. There's rides, amusement games, all types of things, so I can't wait to see y'all this weekend in Houston. All right, let's get to the mix. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy. At special sneak previews across the country, audiences are discovering The Flash. Tonight, see why people are calling it absolutely sensational. The Flash, tonight, only in theaters. 
Rated PG-13 may be inappropriate for children under 13. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Uh, we got a shout-out to Terrence Crawford for joining us this morning. Yeah, salute to Terrence Crawford, man. Can't wait to see him and Earl Spence get in the ring on July 29th. That is a mega fight. That is a fight that is long overdue. I'm glad that it's happening. And I got Earl Spence Jr. Okay. But I think they're going to fight more than once. You know what I mean? Unless it's like a... a Decisive victory, right? By Earl Spence. Now, how does the the the, uh, the clause work with that? Like, you could just decide if I want a rematch or not. The rematch clause. I think both of them got rematch clauses, right? But if if I beat the brakes off you, you might say I want a rematch, but I can say I don't want a rematch, right? Or no, how does that that's work? The rematch you clause automatic is. rematch. Yeah, rematch regardless, clause means you get a rematch. Absolutely. Regardless, yeah. So I'm sure they both got a rematch clause. So if they, yeah. whatever happens, you're gonna see two fights. I'm 100 percent sure both of them got a rematch clause. Mm. Okay, all right. And also, shout to the cast of The Blackening, which comes out this weekend, which is like a horror uh, comedy. So shout to those uh, brothers and sisters for joining us this morning. Yeah, salute to Yvonne Orgy, salute to uh, Jay Farrow, salute to St. Quo Walls, salute to Antoinette Robinson. Dwayne Perkins. Grace, uh, Grace Byers, mm-hmm. salute to Grace Byers, salute to Dwayne Perkins, yes. Yeah, I also DJ'd the... Uh, Jay Farrell, we say Jay Farrell? I said Jay Farrell, okay. yeah. We also, I also DJ'd the after party when they had the premiere, which was crazy, so I want to see that. I saw uh, Vaughn on stage losing her mind to Meek Mill. Yeah, she was going... They almost threw her off stage, too, because... Uh, no, man. It's right when Fabulous was performing, so they didn't know who she was, so they were like, security, security. They were like, no, 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 that's Yvonne. She's one of the stars of the film, but yeah, shout out to Yvonne. She has a great time. She had a good time that night. And also, uh, shout out to my parents who just hit me. I was like, is the movie really good? I want to know. I want to go uh, this weekend. Yes, the movie is good, so... My parents are going to check out that movie this weekend. Okay. All right. When we come back, we got a positive note. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Shout to iHeartRadio. You know iHeartRadio is celebrating Black Music Month with the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. Shout out music from artists worldwide who have left their mark on hip-hop inside specially curated playlists celebrating the icons and anthems which have defined culture, all right? So open up your free iHeartRadio app and tap playlist to listen now, all right? When we come back, positive notice The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now it's time to get up out of here, Charlamagne. You got a positive note? I do, man. Uh, I want to tell y'all about the three C's real quick. I'm sure you heard of these before, but it's just a friendly reminder. Always remember about the three C's in life. Choices, chances, changes. You must make a choice to take a chance or your life will never change. Breakfast Club, bitches! Y'all finished or y'all done? Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., 
And I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project, or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.